Mark the glass sound on page 349 of the Lutheran Service Book. Page 349, Mark the glad sound. Today's special music will be the Trinity Lutheran All School Choir. People that must have had uh, an extra cup of coffee this morning. You guys are chatty today. Tell you what, good, good, good. Uh, just a couple of announcements before we continue with our worship this morning. First of all, there is a voters meeting after church next Sunday uh, in which we will elect a lay and an alternate delegate to represent us, uh, to go along with myself, uh, to our district convention, which is happening this coming summer in June. Uh, and so please stick around for that. That's at the church next Sunday. And then finally, we invite you to join us uh, for midweek services during this Advent season. We are going through the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, and everything that John has for us. Some very interesting moments there uh, and some very interesting scripture texts that uh, really have, have a lot to do with us. So please join us at 7 o'clock. As always, kids, you are invited to wear your PJs if you want. Parents, believe it or not, I do this for you so that when you drive home, maybe they'll fall asleep on the way home. Maybe. Uh, and so with that, let's begin our worship today with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have called each and every one of us here Today, where we are called by your gospel, by your Holy Spirit, who calls us to be here to learn and to sing and to be comforted, to be comforted by these words as you speak tenderly upon our hearts. Lord, we thank you uh, that it is through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, that we who all of us, Lord, are all sinners, all of us are broken, all of us have said things or done things that we shouldn't have. Lord, we thank you that because of your great love for us, that you have forgiven us of all of those things. And so in that spirit, Lord, and in that light of thankfulness and praise, we worship you now. Please, Lord, give us a zeal this morning for your house of worship here. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Our opening hymn is Hark the Glad Sound, number 349.
Please stand. We begin this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us then confess our sins unto God, our Father. Most merciful God, Most we confess, merciful God, that, we we confess that we are by nature and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your presence and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So that in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Renew us, O God. Gavir, O Shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock. You brought a vine out of Egypt. Restore us, O God of hosts. Glory be to the Father and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Restore us, O God. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for, for the peace from above, and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
Let us pray. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son, that by his coming we may be enabled to serve you with pure minds. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Our Old Testament reading this morning is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 1 through 11. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling. In the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind together will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry out. And I said, What shall I cry? All men are like grass, and their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. You who bring good tidings to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good tidings to Jerusalem... Lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, Here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power, and his arm rules for him. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord. Special music today is the Children's All School Choir from Trinity
Wonderful job, wonderful job. That was wonderful. Uh, in case you don't know, that was a preview of what's to come for the Christmas Eve uh, service that is at 7 o'clock. So please join us for that on Christmas Eve as well. It's now time for all of those young disciples who haven't yet come up to come forward for the children's message with Mrs. Menning. Also, it was a good time to bring your Mighty Mites as well. So we all get sad, right? And I have to say, sometimes Harper doesn't know it, but I may be sad at school, and she is always good to come and give me a hug. And sometimes it's just the right time, and I just needed that hug. So Harper, thank you for always making me feel better with your hugs. Um, You know, we all have earthly mom and dads, right? That help us to feel better when we are sad. But we also have a heavenly father, and he wants to comfort us too. He wants us to feel better when we might feel sad. And there are several Bible verses that tell us about that. One of them Pastor Jake is going to talk about today, and that is in Isaiah 40, where God talks about how he wants to comfort his people. So today I am going to tell you about how God gives a hug. Can you think about how God might give a hug? He's invisible. Can we get a hug from someone who's invisible? Well, you can, and I'm going to tell you how. So when you get a hug from God, here is how he makes us feel better. H stands for hiding God's word. What does it mean to hide God's word in your heart? What does that mean? Does any, has anyone heard that before? When we hide God's word in our heart, what are we doing, Reagan? When we are hiding God's word in our heart, it has to do with the Bible. What are we doing, Cordell? When we hide God's word in our heart, that means we're reading the scripture and we're learning more about Jesus and we're memorizing that scripture so that we know it by our heart. Okay, and we don't necessarily have to look in the Bible. We know it and we have it memorized. We can also know hymns by heart. Did you know that? And if you want to look up hymns or Bible verses about comfort in the back of your uh, Lutheran service book and in the back of your Bible, you can go look up the word comfort and find songs and Bible verses specifically that have to do with comfort. So we can get a hug from God by hiding God's word in our heart. The U in hug stands for uniting with other Christians in fellowship. How do we unite with other Christians in fellowship? Harper? 
That's right, we all come to church together. What's other ways we might unite with our fellow Christians? Cordell? We spend time together. Some of us spent some time together this weekend on the float, didn't we? What are some other ways we can unite together as Christians? Okay, that's okay. How about going to Sunday school? Right? Um, And for adults, for those of us that have been confirmed, we unite every time we come up and take communion, right? So that's uniting together as Christians. What do you think the G stands for in a hug from God? There's one thing that I haven't talked about yet that's really important when we're talking about getting comfort from God. What do you think the G is for, Kenan? Do what? Going to God in prayer. Okay, so when we go to God in prayer, that brings us comfort. So let's talk really quickly about how we can get a hug from God. The H stands for, everyone say it with me, hiding God's word. The U stands for uniting with our fellow Christians. And the G stands for going to God in prayer. Let's do that now. So let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Jesus, we thank you so much for providing us comfort when we hurt, and we are so thankful for the earthly parents and friends and family that you have given us here at Trinity that help comfort us whenever we need it most. We love you so much, and we just ask that you continue to prepare our hearts this Advent season for the birth of your Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our epistle lesson this morning is from 2 Peter, chapter 3, verses 8 through 14. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar, the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth the home of righteousness. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God.
The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. The beginning of the Gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John came, baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me will come, more, will come one more powerful than I, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the gospel of our Lord. Our hymn of the day is Comfort, Comfort, Ye My People, page number 347 in the Lutheran Service Book. Again, Comfort, Comfort, Ye My People, page number 347.
Will you all pray with me, please? Dear God, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is from the Old Testament lesson from Isaiah that was just read. You'll probably want to have that in front of you because we'll be looking at it as we go along, specifically uh, the first two verses of that text. And I want to start this sermon off with a disclaimer. If you are the type of person who thinks that you've got this whole life thing figured out, and if you are the type of person that thinks that, well, I'm a, I'm a pretty good person, at least I'm not as bad as so-and-so who's sitting over there, or so-and-so who I work with, if you are the type of person that is kind of indifferent toward God's love and His mercy and His grace for you, then feel free to tune out for the next 15 minutes. Because this text from Isaiah chapter 40 is for people who feel the weight of their sin. This text from Isaiah chapter 40 is only for those who need to be reassured that God truly does love them. This text from Isaiah is only for those who feel the weight of their sin and their brokenness and how desperately that they need the tender words of a father speaking to his children. My first week of my freshman year of high school, I was at a brand new school, and within about the first three days, I get called into the principal's office. And I don't want to say that I was, I was a sheltered kid, because I wouldn't say that, but my parents made sure that, 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 uh, oh, that I was brought up in the right way, in a God-pleasing way, and I thank them for that. And I'm not saying that I was a perfect kid, because I definitely wasn't. You're talking to the pastor that got kicked out of his confirmation class twice. That's a long story. I'll explain it in a different sermon. But So I couldn't figure out, what am I being called to the principal's office for? It's the first three days. I hadn't done anything, I don't think. So the secretary go, comes into the classroom and says, Jacob, you need to go see the principal. I thought, okay. So I, I kind of sort of saunter over, walk very, very humbly up to the principal's office. I open the door, and there he is sitting behind his desk. And I sit down very, very sheepishly because I didn't know what was going on. But maybe I did something. Maybe I said something that I shouldn't have. Maybe I, I didn't help a teacher with, with, with something. I didn't know what it was. And so I sat there very sheepishly, sheepishly. And the principal looks me straight in the eye and says, Jacob, I need to call your father. Great. My dad is going to be thrilled, right? So my father is at work, and the principal has my father's number at work. 
So he picks up the phone, dials my father's number, and says, Mr. Sletton, I need to talk to you about your son. He is doing excellent in his first week at his brand new school. <sighs> because I, you know, had, if I got in trouble at school, the, the trouble didn't stop there. I got in the trouble at home, too. And I was so thankful and really very encouraged that this principal, this guy who was in charge of the entire operation, the entire outfit, saw fit to call me in and just pick up the phone and call my father to tell him that I was doing a good job. There's a, a really wonderful Christian author. His name is Brennan Manning. Perhaps you've heard of him before or read him before. And I want to read just a few of his quotes that he has in, in a few of his different books. And he, he talks very much about God's tenderness. About how he has tender feelings for us and what that means. Here are some of the things that he says. First, he says that our identity rests in God's relentless tenderness revealed in Jesus Christ. He says also, being the beloved is our identity. It is the core of our existence. It is not merely a lofty thought, an inspiring idea, or one name among many. It is the name by which God knows us as the beloved and that he relates to us. And finally, this is one that I, I read several years ago, and I still remember it to this day. He says, is this miracle of grace enough for anybody? Or has the thunder of God so loved the world been so muffled by religious rhetoric that we are deaf to the word of God? and to the possibility and to the truth that God has tender feelings for us. At this same high school that I was at next year, my sophomore year, I was on the JV basketball team. And, and I knew that early on in the season that some of the JV players who were good enough, which, which was me, um, that while football season was still going on, they needed enough players to make up the varsity team. So they would pull some of the JV kids out, and we got to play with the varsity team. Dream come true. So this happens. And it's my first game. And I get in there, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying my hardest. I'm shooting shots that I have absolutely no business shooting. And we get in there at halftime, and I heard it. My coach ripped in to me. Just a sophomore. And I can remember walking out of the locker room. Everybody else runs out there ready to go. And I'm just kind of jogging like, my career as a basketball player is over. There's no way. And so I'm sitting there on the bench. Everybody else is warming up. 
And the coach that I had last year, my favorite coach to this day, Coach Ackerman, he's an old uh, ex-Air Force pilot. And he sits down next to me. And he says, you just, you just got ripped into. And you have one of two options. You can either, A, let it bother you to the point that you're not going to change and you're not going to do anything about it. Or you can go play like the player that I know that you are and go play better. He knew what I needed to hear. He knew me because I had played for him last year. And he knew exactly what I needed to hear. He knew, to, he, he knew what would motivate me to play better. And sure enough, I had a much better second half and a much better career after that. Coach Ackerman spoke tenderly to me. Not, not that he, he babied me, because I don't think ex-Air Force guys know how to baby anything. But he spoke very, so very kindly to me in such a, a way that it was intense enough that I heard it. And he knew what I needed to hear. He spoke upon my heart. It is with tenderness that God speaks to his people in Isaiah chapter 40, that is the text for this morning. And just to give us a little bit of background as to what is happening in this text, the, the people have been in the Babylonian exile for 70 years. They have escaped from slavery. They continue to grumble and whine and complain and disappoint God and disobey him. And so God finally had had enough of it. He lets the country of, or sorry, the nation of Babylon come in and take them over and they re-enslave them. They are back in slavery. They just got out of it. And for 70 years, they are living in slavery. I want to read to you from Psalm 137. This is a vivid description of what living in Babylon for 70 years looked like. It says, By the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept. When we remembered Zion, there on the poplars we hung our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. They had failed him time and time again, and so he finally sent them again to slavery for 70 years. but he still remembered them. You see, even though he had chastised them, even though he had sent them away for 70 years, they were still his. They still belonged 
to him. And so he speaks tenderly to them. Go back to Isaiah 40. So now this is God speaking to his people. The people that had been in exile for 70 years, been enslaved for 70 years. And he says, comfort, comfort my people. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. In the Hebrew language, if you want to make a point and make sure that the people who are listening to you and, and reading you are absolutely clear on what you are trying to say to them, you repeat words. And so that's why he says, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. And I love this next word in verse 2. The English in no way can do it justice to what the Hebrew means. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Literally, speak upon her heart. Speak upon her heart. Proclaim to her. Tell her that her hard service has been completed. It's over. That her sin has been paid for. That she has received from the Lord's hand double for, from all, for all of her sins. We don't know exactly double of what, but we know it's good. Double forgiveness. Double grace. Double mercy. Even though they disappoint him time and time again and made him so angry, he still speaks tenderly to them. Again, he speaks upon their heart. How similar that their relationship with the Father was to what our relationship with the Father is today. You and I, we who continually, every day, continually fail to live up to the standard of being his children, of being called his beloved. We who backstab. We who gossip. We who break the eighth commandment over and over and over again. We who revel in the smut of this world. We who are so happy at the misfortune of others. We whose lives, yours and mine, have been broken apart by disease and sickness and terrible and incredibly unfortunate things that all of us have experienced at one time or another. And yet God continues to speak tenderly to you and to me. He speaks words of comfort to us. He speaks upon our hearts. He says, she, he says that you have received double for all of your sins. You have received grace upon grace. You have a Savior who has paid 
for your sin. Who went to the cross for you. Who died in your place. Who became not just all of your brokenness and sin, but all of the brokenness of the entire world, and he crucified it there on the cross. And today he says, here, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Take and drink. This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Let us be reminded once again of these words from Brennan Manning. Being the beloved is our identity the core of our existence. It is not merely a lofty thought, an inspiring idea, or one name among many. It is the name by which God knows us and how he relates to us. The way that God knows you, what God calls you, how God thinks of you, is his beloved. And he speaks upon your heart. And he says, be comforted. Your sins have been paid for. Your time of of hard service is over. And one more quote from Manning, because I think it's just spot on and so incredibly appropriate for this Advent season. He says, on a wintry night in an obscure cave, the infant Jesus was a humble, naked, helpless God who allowed us to get close to him. He speaks upon your heart today and every day. You are his beloved. You are the apple of his eye. You are his crown jewel. You are everything to him. Regardless of the ways that we have failed him, regardless of the ways that we will continue to fail him, yet he, and I think, he, yes, he says this in that first quote, our identity rests in, I, I love this, in God's relentless tenderness. It won't stop. He is relentless in his love for you. He is relentless in his tenderness for you. You probably remember the parable of the prodigal son and the part in it that, that, nobody's, that a lot of people don't quite catch is that when the son finally shows up, who goes running to whom? The father does. Goes running to his son, wraps his arms around him and says, quick, kill the fattened calf. Let's have an enormous party because this son of mine who was lost has been found. He runs to you. He will never stop running to you, running after you. His words of comfort and love and tenderness will never stop. He will never stop loving you. He will never stop forgiving you. We talked last week about how we are preparing for this Advent season. We are preparing to celebrate Christ's birth, we are preparing to celebrate his second coming. 
And isn't it so awesome that in this text, it's God who is preparing us. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly, speak upon their hearts. And he has done so, and he will continue forever and ever for all eternity to do so. In the name of Jesus, amen. Please stand. We now recite together the words of our Christian faith, and we do so using the Nicene Creed as it is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in one God, I believe the, in Father one God Almighty, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven, maker and, earth, heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten of God. Being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us in his conscious life. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures, and ascended to heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the Lord's God. Please be seated. This time we collect our tithes and offerings. Now is a good time to fill out the membership slip that is on the back cover of your bulletin. Again, if you are a family, you only have to fill out one for family. And then we, when you are, are done, just send them over to the inside aisles. And then the ushers, I'm sorry, the elders will pick those up after church. With that, we collect our tithes and offerings. of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. Trinity's children's Sunday school classes and adult Bible classes meet at 8.45 a.m. each Sunday in the school. A men's Bible study meets at 6.30 a.m. each Wednesday morning in the chapel. Several ladies' Bible studies meet during the week in the surrounding areas. For more information, call the church office at 417-235-7300. Again, 417-235-7300. The Lutheran Hours are church's witness to the public marketplace. Today's message is entitled, Prep Time. Speaker Emeritus of the Lutheran Hour, Reverend Dr. Ken Kloss, will have the message. Preparing for Christmas is quite different than preparing for Christ. 
Today's Lutheran Hour passage explodes those differences. Read Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. These broadcasts are made possible by donations to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for how you can help. We remember our seasoned saints today. Alice Helmkamp, Dorothy Osterloh, Elmer Kaiser, Ethel Helmkamp, Francis Brown, Janice Meyer, Lena Bremer, Louise Hollensey, Norma Kaiser, Pearl Lampy, and Ruth Nelson. Families of the week are the Eric Bott family, Craig Wallace family, Amy Welker family, Christine Wee, Linda Wee, Cheryl Williams family, George Woods family, Herschel Worms family, Laura Worm, Mary Worm, Landreth Worm, Brandon Wormington family, and Brittany Young. Once again, today's broadcast is sponsored by funds donated to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church and dedicated to the glory of God. And now we rejoin the congregation as they receive the offerings and begin preparing for Holy Communion. Please stand. prayers this morning, we have a few folks that we want to make sure that we remember. First, for those on our health list, for Melba McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Mary Fritz, Ella Kleibaker, Flora Oberman, Landreth Worm, Dana Robb, Erwin Kruger, Erna Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Carol McIntyre, Oren Fritz, Ethel Helmkamp, Dan and Joan Haynes, Addison Trokey, Steve Doss, Karen Cly Baker, Lena Bremer, Jeannie Stoltz, Marjean Clanton, Becky Morgan, and Susan Stark. Also, uh, for um, we have a birthday, and I need to. Also, for Norma Kaiser, who will be celebrating 90 years of life this week, we go to our Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, in you alone is true comfort found. We thank you for the assurance of your love that your gospel gives to us. 
we thank you that you have given us double for all of the times that we have failed to live as your people. We thank you, Lord, that you have promised to restore to us. That you have promised to restore to us, Lord, Eden. Lord, where there will be no more mourning or crying or pain, where we will no longer have to worry about failing you, but Lord, we will be in, in your presence. Surely, Lord, goodness and mercy shall follow us all of the days of our lives because we are in you. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, you are patient and you do not wish that anyone should perish. We give you thanks that in your great mercy you continue to allow the gospel to go forth so that all might reach repentance. Help us to live lives worthy of your call and keep us ever faithful as we wait for the new heavens and the new earth you have promised. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, you are the God of all comfort. Look favorably upon all who suffer, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally. Especially, Lord, for those who are on our health list. Uh, Lord, for all of those who are suffering from all of the fires in California. And for all of those, Lord, that we name before you in our hearts now. Lord, we pray that you would grant them healing and patience in the face of affliction, and never let them forget that you are with them. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Lord, we especially give you thanks for all those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries this coming week. Especially, we pray, Lord, for Norma, who will celebrate 90 years of life this coming week. Thank you, Lord, that you have sustained her in life to this day. And we pray of your boundless mercy that your face would shine upon her every day of this next year. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Lord, you invite us again to your table, that we might receive the body and blood of your Son. May we we receive the sacrament rightly, so that with faith increased and sins washed away, our lives might be lived in holiness and godliness. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Lord, as we in the church on earth wait for the coming of your Son, we remember all the saints who have gone before us and now rest in your presence. Keep us all safe in your arms until that day when you will gather all your people to that place where righteousness dwells. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And so the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. And we pray together the prayer that our Lord gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come.
It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For what had been hidden from before the foundation of the world, you have made known to the nations in your Son, in him being found in the substance of our mortal nature, you have manifested the fullness of your glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strength of my Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. communion hymn today is Children of the Heavenly Father, found on page 725 of the Lutheran Service Book. Again, Children of the Heavenly Father, page number 725.
Our next communion hymn is I Come, O Savior, to Thy Table, found on page number 618 of the Lutheran Service Book. Again, I Come, O Savior, to Thy Table, page number 618.
Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and his joy. Amen. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us with this salutary gift. And we implore you that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. The closing hymn today is Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, found on page number 338 of the Lutheran Service Book. Again, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, Page number 338. Again, a special word of welcome to all of our guests and visitors this morning. We're very, very glad that you were here to worship with us. Just a reminder uh, that this coming Wednesday, we continue our midweek series on the Gospel of John, chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 18, a very important 
section, and that will continue at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. Also, uh, just to sort of put uh, in your minds, for those of you um, uh, who may not have known or, or don't remember, our Advent, I'm sorry, our Christmas Eve night service uh, will begin at 7 p.m., and that is the program for the school children. I've seen them practicing. You kind of got a little taste of it here this morning, so please plan to attend that. We will be having, uh, that will be a candlelight service as well. Uh, And then it's kind of weird. This year, Christmas Eve falls on a Sunday, so we're going to be having Christmas Eve worship at our regularly scheduled time at 10 o'clock in the morning that morning as well. I pray that you all would have a very blessed week. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on www.freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Carol Kleibaker. We pray that you have a blessed week.